Hello and welcome to Theater 5 from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Theater 5 presents In Absence of All Intelligent Life No. You can't sleep either, I see. No. I'd close my eyes and I'd think, tomorrow, Jeffries, you make history. One of the first men to set foot on an inhabitable planet. And the next thing I know, my eyes are popped open and I'm just staring up into the darkness. So you came up here to have another look at it. How did you know? (laughs) I'm afraid buck fever isn't restricted to the young. (laughs) Ah, but it's beautiful, isn't it? Yes, it is. Look at how it hangs there in space. Motionless like a huge ball or a giant pearl. Luminescent and gray-green. Rich against the blackness of space. And the light of the stars beyond. Red and green and yellow against the black. Look, here on the radar. The land masses show up quite clearly now through the cloud layer. Oh, well, it's mostly water. Well, more than three-quarters of X-37J's surface is covered with water. Yes, I keep forgetting. You think the land will be firm enough to set down on? <laughs> as dry as the land at home. Oh, no, you'd think with all that water, it'd all be spongy. Catch hut! Addy! Dr. Siddons, I was just going to send for you. Oh, what's up? I don't know. We just got a report from the con that there's a blanket of pure metal satellites orbiting this planet. From the size of our house to the size of needles. Pure metal. They could be manufactured. Here, let's see. Yes, I see. They are pure metal. Have we hidden yet? We're in the field now. The ship's okay? Our hull's designed to withstand 300 bombardments per second. What do you make of it? I don't know. It's very unusual for this larger concentration of satellites to be in the magnetic field of a planet. You mean somebody could have put it there? No, I didn't say that. But it is possible that these satellites were put there to act as a, as a barrier to incoming rocket ships. Yes, it is possible. But remember, meteorites are frequently pure metal, and they become satellites. There's probably life there. Not necessarily. Of course, we know this planet is capable of supporting life. Well, 
that's why we're going to explore it. But to jump to the conclusion that it's intelligent life and hostile to our exploration, well, it's not only unscientific, it's completely unfounded at this point. It may be that the belt of satellites around this planet might be due to natural, entirely natural causes, one we, uh, ones we hadn't anticipated. But to say there are people down there such as ourselves is something we can't possibly know until we've landed. Well, I'm going to sensitize the ship's defense system and post orders for the landing party to carry weapons. A wise precaution. In the meantime, it's five hours till touchdown. I suggest you gentlemen get some sleep while you can. I have a feeling you're going to need it. Once we land. One hundred fifty thousand from touchdown. Rate of fall zero six six zero. So far, so good. One hundred forty five from touchdown. Rate of fall, zero. If they had any anti-rocket devices, eight, they would have sent three, them up by now. We're well into their atmosphere. Yes, unless they're planning some sort of trap. Letting us land so they can capture us intact once we're on the ground. If anybody's down there. We've been monitoring the radio frequencies since last night. There's been a sound. Whatever life is down there, I'm sure we'll be able to handle. 110,000 feet from touchdown. Rate of fall. I see you're zero, keeping to the edge six, of the landmass. Yes, I want you to be able to five, get your ocean samples without a lot of traveling. Uh, may I suggest you set down where that large river empties into the sea? That way I can take freshwater samples as well. See, uh, there on that peninsula. You think it's big enough? Why? Make it out to be about two miles wide. Plenty of room for us. Jeffrey's... What's the spectrographic reading for that peninsula? A solid mineral. Granite-like composition. Well, that should support us. Well, it's not a peninsula, sir. It's an island. See here how the river cuts around it at the north end, cutting it off from the main body of land? Well, that makes it all the better. And it's small enough, surrounded by water on four sides, makes it easier to defend if there are hostiles down there. 100,000 feet from touchdown. Rate of fall, zero, seven, nine, zero. Collins, alter the course for that island. Aye, aye, sir. Uh, Dr. Siddons, there's something funny about that island. Look here on the spectrograph. Oh. What is it? Well, look. Now, the whole thing shows up gray, solid mineral, except for this square patch of green. The only spot on the whole island. Nothing unusual about that. See, the green is gray underneath, merely indicating vegetation covering the minerals, grass or trees. Well, yes, but why this one spot, and why so perfectly oblong? Look, the sides and corners are laid out sharp as a parade ground. He's right, you know. Nature couldn't lay out anything as geometric as that. It has to have been made by intelligent beings. You suppose it's some sort of uh, sacred ground, a place for religious ceremony? Uh, let's not let superstition run away with our better judgment. Well, yes, but look, Dr. Siddons, the whole island's cross-hatched into squares. That green patch is the only unmarked place on it. You're right. The island has been scored with lines following some sort of plan, like streets. See how they extend on the other side of the rivers. Perhaps this isn't the best place to land, Captain. 
80,000 feet from touchdown. Rate of fall, zero, seven, nine, zero. We're too far down to blast up again. I can't waste the fuel. Captain, the radar altimeter is giving me a hodgepodge of readings for that island. The only level place is that green patch of ground. Maybe we should try to land on either side of the river, uh, on, the, on the mainland. That's just as bad. Nothing level over there either. Whatever that patch of ground is, sacred ground or what, we're going to be in the middle of it. Set your sights for the middle of that green, Collins. Manual stations, men. We're taking her in. Gentlemen, we made it. The new world. Keep your eyes open. See any movement? No. It looks like we've landed in the middle of a huge religious grounds. We're ringed completely by... What are they, Dr. Siddons? Monuments? No. No, they're too big for that. I imagine they're buildings of some sort... See all those little windows cut in them? They must be dwelling places. Mm, then there's no question that there are creatures on this planet. No. Then where is everybody? That's a good question. Well, they could have been scared away by the roar of our landing rockets. Maybe they evacuated this place when they saw us coming and they're waiting for us to get on the ground so they can attack us with whatever weapons they use. Mm. What are you going to do? The only thing we can do, suit up and go outside. It's obvious they aren't coming to meet us, so we'll have to go out and see if we can make contact. Everybody be suited up and ready to leave the ship by 0800. Everyone carries a signed weapon. Well, 
but be careful. Come on in, boys. The water's fine. You hear that, Collins? We got it made. Boy, oh boy. I hear you, Lieutenant. All right, knock it off. This is a military reconnaissance, not a picnic. There's life on this planet, but until we make contact with it, it's the enemy. Lieutenant Jeffries? Yes, sir. You take the doctor and the two men and reconnoiter to the east as far as the river. I'll go as far as the river to the west. When you get through, double back here and report. Aye, aye, sir. You see anything, Doc? No. We've been lying here so long, staring at those... Empty opening so long. Windows. All right, all right, windows, you call them. I feel like there's a million pairs of eyes staring back at us. Now, what do you suppose they look like? Who? The creatures we're after. Haven't any idea. Oh, it's weird, hunting for a creature you don't know what they might look like. Yeah. Well, we could lie here forever. Such crude dwellings. They must have lived one on top of the other. Yeah. If we're ever going to see him, we're going to have to dig him out. Any volunteers to go with me? I'll go. All right. All right, the rest of you stay here. Now keep us covered. If anything happens, don't be afraid to shoot into us. Okay. Now, Doc, when I give the word, we'll run across this street and don't stop until we come to the wall of the first building, right? Right. Are you ready? Okay. Then now! So far, so good. Now, over there. I... Just above your head, there's one of their windows. But it's filled with plastic. Uh, see if I can break it. You can shatter plastic. I can try. Boy, it's nothing but glass. Old-fashioned glass. Yeah. Hello in there. Anybody home? Move along the wall. There's a kind of doorway up ahead, I think. Hmm. It's unlocked. Push it open with your weapon. And careful. Yeah. Hello? Anybody home? Okay, Doc. Let's move in cautiously, but keep your eyes open. There's one. Where? Over there. Stop! Stop! It's an effigy of some sort. See, it isn't living. It's a statue of some kind. You see, it's... Made out of some sort of alloy. You sure? Yes. Suppose that's what they look like? Well, I imagine so. Animals aren't given to making statues of themselves. Boy, what ugly-looking creatures. You suppose that's the head? 
Yes. You see, these must be the arms, and uh, these are clearly the legs. <laughs> Look how close together the eyes are and those stick-like legs. I almost hope we don't run into one. I don't think we will. What do you mean by that? Not in this city, at least. Look at the gray dust on the floor. It's almost two inches thick. I noticed the same in the street. If there are any of these monstrosities left, they aren't here. This city hasn't been used for a long, long time. Maybe a thousand years. Lieutenant Jeffries reporting, sir. Go ahead, Lieutenant. We've completed the island reconnaissance, sir, as per your instructions. And you found? Nothing. No life of any sort. Not a thing? Uh-uh. Just miles and miles of twisted, stunted vegetation and a couple more of those huge radioactive burns. Same kind we found a hundred miles south and west of here. Collins, your receivers picked up anything yet? No, sir. We've been monitoring all frequencies since we've been here and not a sound. Nothing but random radio interference from outer space. What about the television satellites we sent up? They've covered the surface of this planet a hundred times, sir, and not a sign of movement anywhere. Well, Dr. Siddons, what do you make of it? It, um, it might be unethical for me to venture an opinion at this time. Oh, come on now, Doctor. You must have some idea. You've been poking around these ruins for the last ten days. You must have drawn some conclusion. Well, as you know, this planet was at one time inhabited by living creatures much like ourselves, no matter how repulsive they may appear to us. They were biped, carnivorous, possessed a certain amount of intelligence. Well, uh, what happened to them? Well, in order to understand what happened to them, you have to understand the creatures themselves. As I've said, they were very primitive and very superstitious. True, they had advanced from the Stone Age to the threshold of nuclear energy, but culturally and morally... Well, they hadn't got much beyond the Iron Age. So then they discovered the tremendous power of nuclear energy. Exactly. The very first use they made of it was to blow a few million of their fellow creatures off the face of the planet. Savages. Yeah, but they didn't destroy everything. The city's still standing. Well, as far as I can figure out, it didn't hold any military targets. Well, but what happened to the creatures in it? They were killed off. By radiation fallout. Well, it's still radioactive. Why didn't the radiation kill us off? Well, for one thing, it's cooled off considerably since then. And for another thing, we're used to it. They never had a chance. Well, that's it. We've got enough to make a report when we get back. Secure for blast off at 1,800 hours tonight. Got everything tied down and ready. That's all, gentlemen. Doctor... You were able to crack their language, weren't you? <laughs> I wasn't able to. My computers were. It was a relatively simple task. Well, what did they call this place? You mean the planet? The civilization? No, 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 no. I mean this island, this city or whatever it was. Well, of course, it was a proper name, so it was meaningless to us. But I can reproduce the sounds they made as they spoke them. They called this place... New York.
Theater 5 has presented In Absence of All Intelligent Life, written by George Bamber, directed by Warren Somerville. In the cast, William Redfield, Cliff Carpenter, Guy Sorrell, and Peter Rattray. Script editor, Jack C. Wilson. Original music by Alexander Vlastatsenko. Orchestra under the direction of Glenn Osser. Executive producer for Theater 5, Mr. Lee Bowman. We invite your comments. Write to Theater 5, New York 23, New York. That's Theater 5, New York 23, New York. Foy speaking. This has been an ABC Radio Network production.